We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brooklyn Buzz podcast presented by OTGBasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, on the buzz, my guy, Jack Manuel. How are you feeling, Jack? One out of two and, to- and so bad, Nick. But again, just uh, another close loss the season. As we mentioned, the what-if game would um, certainly be going into play even more so. For sure. Last night's, you know, heartbreaker against the Wizards. This is something the Nets are getting used to in 2018. But let's talk positive first. We'll talk about the Nets-Hawks game. You know, a victory on the road, 110-105. Your boy Spencer Dinwiddie came up huge, 20-10-9, and the go-ahead bucket. Plus, he got the foul. So what were your thoughts on the Nets win over the Hawks? Uh, big, big shout out to obviously Spencer Dimity, but also an even bigger shout out to Jalil Okafor. Uh, 17 points coming off the bench. Um, his best game as a net, one of his best games, you know, of, of recent years. Um, uh, he looked really comfortable out there. The pick and roll, uh, he looked quite nice in. He was using um, his moves in the post, which looked really good. He got Dwayne Dedman into some foul trouble. Um, he just played some good around basketball. Got to the line a few times, and then Spencer Dimity, you know, the guy just. After having the article written about him by the Ringer, you know, there's people speaking about already about the Ringer curse. Um, but Spencer Dimwitty, Spencer Dimwitty stepped up um, and to almost have a triple double. And it was just, we needed, we needed someone in the, in those closing moments. Um, it was back and forth to say the least, but um, Spencer stepped up as he always has for us most of this season. Yeah, he definitely stepped up in the fourth quarter, and it was nice to see him get the foul call at the end. You know, that easily could have been a charge. I mean, it, it was the correct call calling on a block, but it could have went as a charge. So nice to see the Nets catch a break in that aspect. And like you said, in that game, you know, seven, uh, 17 points in 12 minutes, 6 of 8 from the field. And like you said, he was getting Deadman in foul trouble. He just looked really confident in the post. And one thing I saw in that game, too, he did a better job uh, as the roller. Better job switching it up when he knew Okafor was in. 
instead of being as quick as he is with Allen, he kind of was a little bit more patient and poised and waited for Okafor to get in position. And then it kind of allowed them to do some other things. And then he set up uh, Okafor for a pretty nice dunk too. Yeah, it made me really comfortable just the the future of our bigs, Nick. If we if Jill Okafor continues to show those signs for the rest of the season, Jared Allen, we'll, we'll mention him in last night's performance again, another uh, career night of, of sorts for him. You know, To have those two guys as your two foundational bigs, um, it's exciting times ahead. Yeah, and I think Okafor in the Atlanta game did a little bit better job uh, defensively. Yeah, just kept his hands up, you know, prevented a few rims, uh, a few buckets at the rim. So any aspect in that way that he can improve can really help the Nets. Uh, your boy Joe Harris continues to be a solid guy off the bench. Ten points against the Hawks, four or six, two or two from three, three rebounds, two assists. You know, just contributing all over the place in only 23 minutes. He does it uh, night in, night out, Nick. It's almost, I, I come to expect it. If I don't see Joe Harris in double digits, it's almost disappointing. And like with a lot of the Nets, creating that expectation on them is a thing that we want. We want to become a, a franchise. I think Coach Kenny mentioned it in past games. It's like we're right now the sort of the kids in the in, in the park who, who haven't got the reps yet, who haven't got that respect yet. But we're developing that respect. And that starts with our players. Um, guys like Joe Harris, Spencer Dillery, Jill Okafor. All these guys have points to prove. And, and it's showing in their performances young guy that's stepping up is Karis LeVert. He didn't have a great shooting game. He's been slumping a little bit since uh, returning from the injury, but seven assists. And one thing I think that's apparent, teammates more comfortable, Jared Allen, uh, Jalil Okafor just seem to play a lot better with him on the floor. Nothing against Dinwiddie, but it just seems like those two, those three have great chemistry in the pick and roll. They definitely do. And he, he mentioned it on um, the Ryan Rucco podcast. Uh, shout out to, to him, best one of the best podcasts in the game. Great pod as well. Um, he mentioned on it the fact that this year, he's, the one thing that he's been working on a lot alongside to go with his, his dribble, uh, his dribble um, handoffs and, and like the dribble shots, um, shooting off the dribble, um, is, is, is tightening those turnovers. Um, and yeah. his assist to turnover ratio certainly isn't at a Spencer Dinwiddie level, but then there's barely anyone in the NBA that's at that level. But he's certainly getting those reps in. And I think the chemistry he's developing with with our younger guys is going to help that um, because obviously the turnover is not necessarily going to come always off his hands and it might come off of Jared Allen or, or whatever. Um, but he's looking good. And it's it's showing that even he can still impact the game in other ways, whereas early in the season, you know, when he couldn't shoot, he still didn't really have any sort of other offensive arsenal to him. But uh, at this stage, you know, we expect, like with all our other players, Karras to have an impact of some sorts. And, you know, with D'Angelo on the way back, uh, I think it's going to be all the better for him. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, we saw, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, but we saw some of the things he can impact the game with last night too. So, all the Nets kind of, you know, had the lead in this game, the whole thing, let the Hawks get back in the game. And then they were finally able to capitalize. What do you think is just the Nets' problem when they, you know, this happened before in the season? They've had, you know, a lead throughout the game, four to ten points, and all of a sudden later in the game they let the opponent get ahead. I think it's almost like Nick, we're not used to winning. It's a weird thing to say, but you almost have to develop those reps, and, and we speak about it a lot for our players. But as a, as a unit as well, you know, we. We've had some great wins, and you know the Miami Heat win was huge. Um, the former Wizards game uh, earlier in the season was huge as well. But it's it's been rare; it's few and far between. The great teams, you know, your Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, your Toronto Raptors, um, your Golden State Warriors. Those teams put away teams; they put them away early. Whereas the Nets, it almost takes us a quarter or two to sort of get into it, even in, in our good games. Sometimes um, the four the four quarter performances uh, are something that. 
I think is going to be a huge thing for, for the team going forward. Um, if we can start to play a good first quarter, a solid first half, and then build into our second half, then that's going to keep us in good stead. But right now, it's almost like we're still feeling our way into what a real NBA team looks like, what a, a great NBA team looks like, what a playoff team looks like. Because right now, we're still not that, and, and the steps are coming, I guess. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head with the quarter thing. It just seems even in the games the Nets win, it's like they don't necessarily play four good quarters. Like they're even, or sometimes it might seem like box score wise, the quarters are still pretty good, but they'll have a quarter where they play amazing in the first six minutes. In the second six minutes, they go on this drought where they can't make a shot and the other team's on like a 12 0 run. I think one thing they need to get better at is obviously the NBA is full of runs. Having a guy like Ogafor could be somebody that helps. Getting somebody like D'Angelo back who can hit that hit that jumper for you, stop the run, I think will really help them too. But like you said, getting older, attention to detail is going to add to that. Yeah, and I think the our reserve unit has been outstanding and they've been almost lifted um, our first unit somewhat because, you know, Spencer did when he might have an off night. RHJ has been great. Um, but, you know, he, you don't want him to be your offensive go-to guy. Um, you know, Demario Carroll and Alan Crabb, when they're off, you know, you're bringing a Joe Harrison and Nick Stiasas. We've raved about those guys. They shouldn't be the ones that are bringing you back. It should be the, you know, your starters get you off to a good start. They get you a nice lead early. And then the reserves sort of try and maintain that or extend it. But it's almost been the opposite. Um, you know, as you mentioned, like the six minutes when our, our starters are out there, it's almost like the reserves have to sort of get us back into it. Um, injuries haven't helped, you know, but injuries are a, are a plenty in today's NBA for no matter what team it is. So I think it's just about developing that consistency um, that's going to take us from being an okay team to being a good and a great team. Exactly, Jack. All right, quick question. This just hit me in the head right now. All right, who would win in a in a game? You know, let's just say a best of seven series. D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Quincy AC, Jared Allen versus the Nets' current starters. That's a good one, Nick. Uh, Quincy AC, you know, had some good moments last night for the Wizards, but there's also times where he can be just incredibly frustrating. Um, I think I would almost take that the unit you just spoke of. Um, it, it's it's interesting. There would be a there could be a, a lot of turnovers with that unit. Um, you know, there's certainly you know, D'Angelo Russell has been prone to to turnovers when he was playing. Spencer Dimley would have a lot of control. Uh, I think he would run the unit uh, a, a lot more consistently. But you know, I think that D'Angelo's lineup, for lack of a better term, would get hot. Um, Quincy Ac has been when he's on with that three point shot, he's on. So I think if you know, offensively, that's the line that intrigues me most. Um, there might be some lapses on the defensive end in terms of the backcourt, but Jared Allen's going to back you up um, when they get to the rim. So a very good question. I, I think it would almost be a, 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 a flip of the coin. Yeah, I agree. I think the the lineup that I said with D'Lo is the sexier lineup, and the starting lineup is the more the conservative, you know, solid lineup. They're going to do a lot of things pretty good. Where so the D'Lo and Levert lineup, they'll probably do a lot more flashy things. And there's a lot more pop with that team. So tough decision to think about because uh, advantage for the, the second lineup with Levert and D'Lo, they'd have two ball handlers where uh, Dinwiddie would be by himself. And I think at times you've had ways to attack that. So definitely something to think about. And like you said, sometimes it feels like the second unit's playing better than the starters. Yeah, and you can't do that on a consistent basis. You know, you yeah. have to have your stars, your starters putting out good performances. Um, now, I think it's it remains to be seen what the Nets' best five-man unit is. Yep. You know, we haven't seen Jeremy Lin. Um, Jared Allen, you know, has been has missed a game or two. Damari Carroll 
you know, Alan Crabb, is he better off the bench? Um, Spencer Dinwiddie has missed a couple of games. Karis Levert's missed a game or two. What is the best lineup? Once we have a full unit and we can start experimenting, going, okay, well, D'Lo can start and, you know, we bring off Karis off the bench or is it Dinwiddie, Crabb? Um, do we have these three guard lineups? What's the best unit, cohesive unit to get us off to a, to a good, consistent start? Um, I'm sure you could go through our game log and find sort of our best units. But at the same time, you know, does Tyler Zellis start? Do we start to, you know, Jared Allen started to see almost 30 minutes last night. Does he begin to start? Um, he's getting some real nice uh, maturity in his game, some consistency in his game. Do we reward that? Um, there's lots of questions, but they're good questions to be had nonetheless. Yeah, I got a good question for you. If you 100% healthy Nets, who is your clutch time lineup? You know, who are you putting out there in the fourth quarter for the last three minutes of the game? Yeah. And then one one with a center. All right. So without a center, you've got, all right, I'm going to put RHA at the five. Uh, you put Tavari Cowell at the three. Uh, Joe Harris. Okay. Uh, I would have, and then probably, oh, maybe not Joe Harris. Maybe, maybe Karras, Karras D'Angelo and Spencer, just because I think Karras and Dinwiddie have the the defensive capabilities that could sort of make up for D'Angelo. But then there could be another lineup you chuck out there where you replace, say, Damari, um, and, and you, you put in Jared Allen. I think Jared Allen is showing some really good um, stuff for us in the clutch. So, uh, and we've seen that, you know, from the beginning of the season in, the, in his early minutes, we mentioned in our mid-season uh, ranking show um, and, and the review show, you know, how good he has been defensively. He has the best defensive rating of, of all our players. So uh, I, it's, it's, it's tough to say after game, you know, 40-41, but um, it, it's, I don't know, Nick, who are you got? Yeah, I, I, it's a really definitely tough because you remember Jeremy Lin and what he's done, but I like the versatility of a Dinwiddie, D'Lo, Levert, you know, trio at the top, and I'd put that for both of my lineups because I think they all provide three-point shooting, playmaking, ball handling, something we've almost never seen on the floor for the Nets all at the same time. Time, So I think that's really intriguing, I, and I agree. I think Damari's my four in both situations as well, and I'll do the same thing as you. Rondé's the center in the small ball. Allen going with the big lineup impressed me with his rim protection and help on John Wall. He he helped impact that game and allowed the Nets to make a run back in that. Talking about that Nets-Wizards game, transition to that real quick. Another heartbreak, 119-113, overtime loss after being down 23 points. was another tough one to stomach because, I mean, there wasn't a lot of questionable calls in this one. There may be one against Levert that was called a charge that maybe could have been a block. Other than that, that they lost this game. Yeah, the the Nets dug themselves a hole early, Nick. We mentioned it, um, you know, in, in consistently throughout this podcast. You can't score thirty nine points and a half and expect yourself to to win many NBA games. We come out in the third, we score thirty five. Um, you know, what? Where is that in the first two quarters? You know, we like to keep things positive, but it's frustrating because there are so many uh, of these close losses that could turn into wins. This might be the most frustrating because there was a lack of consistency throughout. Um, to come back from 23 points down, yeah, it's admirable, but you shouldn't be in that hole in, in the first place. You know, John Wall and Bradley Bill, great place, probably the, one of the best backcourts in the East. Um, but you can't, you know, you can't just let these guys get open looks. You can't just let these guys run amok. Um, I think we need to be more engaged early. Yes, coming off a of back-to-back, um, there might be an excuse there, but you know, every other team has plenty of back-to-backs, and this might have been a scheduled loss for many. But I think the Nets were pretty disappointed not to get the W here. 
Yeah, I think when you put the effort to come back down from 23 and you can't pull it off to get the win, especially when you get the extra five minutes in overtime to the Nets. And like you said, in this one, in the other losses, it was like a little bit, you know, we could blame the refs for the Toronto and Boston loss if we really wanted to. In this game, it was the Nets' first quarter. Yeah. The lack of energy, getting down big. And then not only do you have to put the energy to get the 23 comeback in, you still got to put the energy in to win the game at the time. And I don't know if the Nets had that on a back-to-back. No, they definitely didn't. Um, and in that overtime, Nick mentioning, you know, the, the Nets could barely score. Um, and John Wall just asserted his dominance. You know, he was by far the best player out there. Um, and and generally, when it comes to that clutch, that's what you need. Uh, you need you know your your, your star guys to stand out. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie unfortunately couldn't. Um, John Wall sort of asserted his dominance, uh, and that was really the end of the story. We 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 dug ourselves a hole so big that we just couldn't climb out of it. Yeah, we do have some positives, though, from last night. Rondé bounced back last night, 22 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, a couple nice dunks. What'd you like from him? The assist, Nick. You mentioned that 7 assists, a career high from him. Um, we've seen it uh, in patches this year, um, but it's something that's really positive and something that really works well with the Nets' offense. Um, guys who can handle the ball. We know Rondé can handle it. He can be a bit clumsy at times, um, as can a lot of our players. But for him to get seven assists as a four-five uh, is a huge effort, and to to back it up with you know over twenty points as well, um, he's having career nights on a on a near nightly basis uh, in so many different categories. So that's absolutely huge for him, and and it makes it it changes things because you know you look at a Draymond Green, um, his three-point shot is still average; uh, it's not outstanding. But you, if Rondé can keep his assist numbers up, you know at three. He's probably averaging, you know, maybe two to three a night. But if you can get that up to four to six, um, and he'd have have his some big nights, then that just adds some real versatility and complexity to his game that makes him so much harder to defend and increases the the dynamic of our system in general. And then of course Jared yeah. Allen as well. He was awesome. They, uh, his passing's always been something I've liked. Even coming out of college, it was something they talked about because he had the Andre Iguodala comparison a few times. Yeah. So I think if he can get those assist numbers up, it adds another element. Obviously, the three-point shot, like we keep mentioning, is still a big part that he needs to develop. But the assist definitely can help because you're making your teammates better, especially, you know, he's able to develop that inside passing. For an Allen who can finish inside could be an advantage for him. Jared Allen, career night last night, one of his best games of the season. Down dunks on everybody, but his impact was felt defensively. He was doing a great job protecting the rim, and over time when he came in the game, slowed down the Wizards a little bit and give themselves a shot because when Ace, when he wasn't out there, there was no protection at the rim. No, and you can't count on Quincy Acey and Rondé to be those rim protectors, um, and especially for a guy like John Wall, who you know is one of the best rim finishers of any uh, point guard in today's NBA. You need that sort of you need someone there. And Jared Allen has a big body, big presence, huge wingspan. And even if he's not blocking shots, he's certainly altering them. And his rebounding has uh, been amazing. Um, he's had some great rebounding nights. What last night was one of his best. Uh, you know, putting up 17 points is huge. Um, and then all in 28 minutes. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the to the day, whether it's towards the end of this year or next year, where he's seeing a consistent 30 to 33 minutes a night because... His per 36 numbers right now are already great, but when he starts to develop the maturity in, in, in his own body physically, um, he's going to be an absolute force. 
Yeah, adding a little size, a little toughness will definitely help him. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of a post move, you know, spin hook once in a while. If he can add just a few moves down there along with his, you know, a vertical ability, it'll be huge for the Nets on the pod. He does a great job finding open space. There's no defenders. You can get an easy pass and just throw it down. Yeah, and uh, we've we've raved about the, the Karis-Levert connection, the Levert-Allen connection, so to speak. Um, they should probably come up with their own podcast called that. Um, <laughs> there's just so much uh, so much chemistry there. And it's going to be great to see D'Angelo, a guy who can is probably still our best shot creator uh, on the roster right now, probably uh, closely followed by Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, that adds another dimension. And, you know, I think Jared Allen can continue to work on his offensive rebounding as well. Because I think with a guy yeah. like Dilo who can put up those shots, you know, you look at a guy like a Steven Adams, who's almost, that's his bread and butter. We don't want him to be as sort of pigeonholed as a, as a Steven Adams is in OKC now. We want to, you know, increase that sort of uh, range in his game, um, sort of encourage it um, in, in many ways. But, you know, there's just so many facets where he, there's potential for growth. And it, just like you said, I think a lot of it's going to be just his body developing. He still needs to hit that, you know, grown man stage. But another young guy who put up some good defense last night, Karis LeVert, Bradley Beal, and John Wall. Yeah, one of our best defenders, Nick. Um, one of our best prefer- perimeter defenders. Yeah, he's not just a, a one-way guy. Guards in today's league are, are, are absolutely a premium. And for Karis to do it against two of the best um, in, in the East, not only the East, but in today's NBA, shows you know, how far he's improved. Um, you know, he's still able to to impact the game in, in many different ways, as we mentioned. He doesn't have to be out there putting up huge numbers, um, jacking down threes, jacking down jump shots. You know, he can still impact on a, on the defensive end on the other side of the floor. And that's as, as important um, because when you've got great guards in today's NBA and it's, it's a really heavy, guard-heavy uh, league, to have a great defender who can also create his own shot uh, that's absolutely huge. I think one thing for Karras that's overlooked is his effort. Effort in defensively. He was picking up John Wall midcourt. And then on that uh, game-tying three by Quincy Acey, Lavert was the guy who tipped out the ball so he could get the shot. So I don't think energy is ever an issue for Karras Lavert. Definitely not. And I think that's one thing we can't falter from him and, and Jared Allen and a lot of our young guys. They're not going to come out there and um, be – you know, for lack of a better term, they're not going to be out there flat. Um, they're going to be out there giving their, their all. And that's, you know, what I think some of our starters could, could use, you know. It seems like some of our older guys, our vet guys, for lack of a better term, for, you know, because in comparison to, say, a Karis Levert and a Jared Allen, they are vets. They, they sort of seem flat. And, you know, that flatness comes from a lack of energy, a, a lack of sort of spark, so to speak. But um, Karis and, and Jared, that's, I think, why they connect so well because, they have such a similar sort of mindset to, to today's game. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. I remember Jared Allen saying once in a press conference or, you know, after the game, saying that, like, him and Lavert aren't, like, amazing friends or anything. Like, they just hit it off on the court, and they didn't really know about it until, you know, things just started happening on the court. So that's always cool to see. Yeah, we know Karis uh, loves hanging out with D'Lo, Rondé, you know, all th- those sort of guys. But, you know, Jared's obviously still – he's still a baby. He's still a baby. So he's he's obviously developing that relationship with – the coaches and the staff, um, you know, he's probably getting uh, the old hazing. Um, hopefully no one fills his, fills his car with popcorn as Giannis did. Um, please don't do that, D'Lo. You know, I, I, don't, I want him to feel as comfortable as possible. 
Uh, plus, you know, it's a waste of popcorn. I, I never get that. <laughs> I never get that, Joe. Um, but yeah, it's on-court chemistry is what really matters. You know, that's what wins your games. You don't have to be the best friends off the court. Um, I'm sure their relationship still developing, as I mentioned. But if they can keep that sort of chemistry where it matters, then who cares how good friends they are? Yeah, exactly. But uh, before we get out of here real quick, we have the Crosstown rival, the Knicks in town on Monday, 3 o'clock, Martin Luther King Day. How bad do you want the Nets to win this game? Nick, this might be the win that I want more than any this season. Um, not to say that um, <laughs> any W doesn't matter, but against our Crosstown rivals, um, I think I want it for you more than anything. Thank <laughs> living, you. Thank you, Jack. Li- living in the state of New York, me over here in London, you know, it's like uh, it's not like a, it's almost like an Arsenal sort of Tottenham thing. Um, for you, for the comparison, for those uh, that are uh, London listeners, you know, if Arsenal win, then the Tottenham fans are going to give them shit. If Tottenham wins and the Arsenal fans, it's, it's just it's a vice versa thing. But I think it's almost stronger. You, know, you look at Paul Zingas, um, he's been in plenty of uh, hype in the media, as he does, as he deserves. He's an absolute star. Um, and, he, and he's likely to dominate against us. I think we need to uh, really have a, a good game plan for him. Whether Jared Allen sees some minutes on him, I think could be interesting because, you know, uh, I think he's our best defensive big. It'd be interesting to see. I think Porzingis has a bit more maturity in his body, but he's by no means like a, a Dwight Howard uh, in terms of his physical frame. It's going to be interesting to see how we match up and, and on the perimeter as well. If we can say active defensively, get off to a good start, we give ourselves every chance of winning, but we just want one of these wins against the bloody Knicks. It'd be nice. Said Jack, I appreciate you putting extra love for me in the Nets win. Um, they need to come out with a better game plan against Porzingis and not let you know the Knicks guards mess up their sets. Late yeah. in the fourth quarter of that last game, Frank Tilakina and Ron Baker were just causing problems for the Nets. Cannot have that. They're probably playing a little bit better than they were at that time. They can pull out the W, especially at home. They've already lost two to the Knicks. They really need to come out and play. If Zeller plays or not, because Ennis Cantor has been a beast on the board this season. Yeah, and that's one area where the where the Nets can, can certainly be exploited. Um, when we rebound well, as a team, especially our, our guards and our forwards, that's when we look our best. But Enos Kanter is one of the best rebounders in today's NBA. He has a great niche as that sort of offensive force off the bench or as a starter and then, you know, seeing time off the bench once Porzingis, you know, uh, sort of spends time with the guys like Kylo Quinn and such. But, yeah, we've got to really take care of the ball. We've got to really make sure we try and get some um, defensive and offensive rebounds and tr- and prevent them from getting second-chance opportunities because, you know, Cantor and Porzingis, they're, they're a lethal duo, um, which many thought many would never thought have said um, before this other season. Yeah, it, it's a great time for the Nets to put a full fourth-quarter effort out there like we've been talking about, especially at home. The W is, like, just with all these wins this season that have been so close, just in 2018, not even the 2017 portion, Boston, Toronto, Washington, they all hurt. So getting a win against the Nets will help the team and also help the fans. Yeah, I think this would be a real signature win. Uh, this is one you can sort of build off uh, in so many ways. And I think if our if our Nets can have the motivation that's required, because you know the Knicks uh, as a whole, we're always seen as the baby brother organization, sort of like the Clippers to, to the Lakers. But I think soon enough um, we'll be getting our keep. But um, we need to start getting these Ws against them. Develop a nice rivalry because it's great for the city um, to have a Nets-Knicks rivalry um, at, for two teams at their best because they're both teams on the rise. They've both got like you know really great players, really great young players. 
Uh, so it, it's exciting just not for the game in general, but for New York as a whole. Last question before we get out of here, Jack. Chance we see D'Lo this week? Percentage? Uh, this week, uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a sixty five. Um, I'm I'm high on it, but I'm not ridiculously high. I think it's more likely to come later in the week. Um, it'd be nice to see him against the Knicks tonight, but uh, I think we would have heard by now if that was the case. Um, but I think I would rather see a, a fully healthy D'Lo. So it, whether that comes next week, start of next week, I think that's the latest we'll see him because you know everyone's been talking about the whole conjecture about the the conversation he had with Kyrie at the two weeks thing. Um, you know, he's now um, playing full court, um, full court drills. So I think he's inching closer and closer. So I think a week, 10 days max, we're going to see our boy. Yeah, 50% for me. I think it's like a flip of a coin. Solid chance we see him this week. If not, like you said, we'll see him next week. Yep, and cannot absolutely wait. You know, as much as he looks good in those street clothes, Nick, he's going to look even better in a Brooklyn Nets jersey. I'm really excited to see what the Nets can do having another player. It just seems like, you know, a lot of these games are just one guy short. So maybe D'Angelo can bring that energy, bring that extra edge to the Nets, those clutch baskets. But that wraps it up for today. You can always listen to the Brooklyn Buzz on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and OGGBasketball.com. Thank you for hopping on, Jack, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Okay, let's say you're on vacation or out running errands and you want to see what's going on at home. Or you're at home and you want to see what your dog's getting up to downstairs. With self-protection from Xfinity, you can keep an eye on things no matter where you are with live and recorded video, all on your terms. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash self-protection. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires Xfinity Internet and compatible XFi gateway. Professional monitoring not included. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.